that harm your faith. Prayers that you've prayed a thousand times. God wants you to know tonight that He is still the healer. You may be seated. I don't have much time, so I'm going to start and quickly go through. Isaiah gave us, he gave us a prophecy. He gave it to us in present tense. When he was alive, he was talking in the present tense. He said, we are healed with his stripes. In other words, when Isaiah saw the events of Isaiah 53 unfolding, he saw it in the present time to himself. This is even more remarkable since these events that he was speaking of would not occur for hundreds of years into the future. Nevertheless, Isaiah saw prophetic events they were so real to him. They were, record, they were recorded by him as it was happening right at that moment. In Isaiah 53 and 5, he said, But he was wounded. Actually, it, that word was, was a past tense word. He was speaking hundreds of years before it literally happened. He said by we, that we were, well, he was wounded. He was, not is, but was. And he was talking in the past tense. He said, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. When the apostle Peter came Onto the scene, he remembered the Isaiah's prophecy. Uh, he remembered that Isaiah saw it present time to himself. But Peter knew what Isaiah was talking about, and it was happening in the very day that he was living. Peter in First Peter two and twenty four says, "Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on a tree." that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Notice Peter's awareness here that the healing produced by Jesus' stripes occurred in the past. Specifically, he knew that Isaiah said, Ye were healed. Ye were healed. Isaiah referred to the to the stripes on his back hundreds of years ago, but Peter saw the same healing producing stripes as still in existence at that moment. He said, ye are healed. Now because of the same stripes, Isaiah saw it then, Peter saw it now. Peter also gave us a blast of the prophetic trumpet because when he emphasized whose healing stripes they were, he said, by whose stripes ye were healed. Do you see what I'm talking about tonight? What I'm talking about is this, that God is a God of every dispensation of time. He gave a visual to a man a hundred years prior to it happening. And then Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and spoke of the same power. And then he went on to say that ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. You shall cast out devils in my name. 
You shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Can I tell you this evening that the same vision that Isaiah saw and the very cross that Peter saw sunk in the ground 2,000 years ago, that same healing power still occurs today. I come to tell you tonight that Jesus Christ is still a healer. It doesn't matter what you're going through right now. He's still the healer. Steal the healer. There is a devil in this last hour that's been preaching false doctrine. Uh, that I'll tell you what it is. Jehovah's Witness. They te- they'll tell you right now that when Jesus said, by his stripes he were healed, it's talking about sin. It's talking about the debaucheries of this world. It's talking about fornication, idolatry. When Jesus came, they think that he came to save the sinner, and that's it. That's a lie from the pits of hell. The Bible says that he was bruised for our iniquities, our sins. But then it went on to say that by his stripes we were healed. Jesus Christ took stripes on his back so that you and I could be set free of what? Crohn's disease, cancer, being lame. Jesus Christ didn't take stripes on his back, Brother Fox, just for no reason at all. He did that for a reason. It wasn't in vain. He didn't do it that we may just possibly be healed. But he said, you were healed. Past tense. Everything that God's going to do in your life, he's already done it. Every healing that you'll ever receive tomorrow, it's already been done. Because when he was nailed to a cross 2,000 years ago, he already done it. When he said it's finished, what he meant was every sickness, every disease, every sin, every iniquity is being taken care of. He destroyed it. Can you clap your hands? Can you clap your hands unto God? Say, Jesus is a healer. The first year of his life on earth, he healed the official's dying son. The second year, a madman in the synagogue. Peter's mother-in-law with a fever. Jesus continued healing the leper. And paralyzed men, invalid, uh, in, excuse me, invalid at the pool of Bethesda. A man with a shriveled hand, withered hand, Jesus made it whole. Jesus continued healing when he healed the Roman centurion servant, the widow's son's name that had died. Jesus walked and interrupted a funeral procession. Can you imagine? That's the equivalent of following one of those. 400 cars and cops on motorcycles and stopping that black hearse, that Cadillac, and saying, open the door and open the casket. And he said, get up! Jesus is a healer. He's the resurrection. 
He went on to heal the dumb and the blinded eye. Blind Bartimaeus come crawling to him and said, uh, have mercy on me. Jesus healed him. Jesus, in year three, Jesus heals the sick. Uh, daughter of... Uh, the, uh, the, the woman, I can't even say the word, I'm just going to go on. The deaf and dumb man and the blinded eye in Bethesda uh, healed the boy that's, uh, that had hemorrhages and, and, and uh, had, he had devils. He healed him. Uh, and he went on constantly healing. The, when the, Bi- the Bible says that he constantly had compassion on the sick, and they constantly, he said he walked in that place and he healed all. Not a person walked out of his meetings sick. He raised Lazarus from the dead. He healed the leprosy. Blinded men and blind, uh, blind men and blind women uh, all over the place in the last week in Jerusalem. He even attached a man's ear to, the, to Malchus's head. Jesus is a healer. I want you to understand that God didn't just come to save and, and, and take away the sins of this world. He came, the reason He came to, sit, to heal the sick was to give a little bit of uh, scenery or vision of what heaven's going to be like. Healing the blinded eye is not the primary miracle. When Jesus fed the 5,000 a day that with the bread and the fishes, that everybody thinks that that was the primary miracle, but it wasn't. The miracle was that He kept them there to hear the gospel. That was the greater of the miracle. Salvation's a greater miracle. But when He talked about the stripes on His back, He talked about the healing of disease. And God wanted me to come tonight to tell you of what happened to my family. And then after our faith is built, God is going to heal somebody in here tonight. Now God spoke to me today. I'm telling you, I, I, I got up in prayer and worshiping God and I knew what I was going to preach tonight. I had it all together. I was just going to look over my notes but something happened to me, Brother Fox, today. I was driving down the road, and God spoke to me. He said, I want you to call Bishop such and such. And this man is a 75, 76-year-old man. He's friends with Brother uh, Mangan. He stays weeks with Brother Mangan. He's, he's, a, he's a great man of God. And you want to talk about intimidating just to be around. God spoke to me, and he said, this is the word that I want you to give to him. So I spoke. I didn't even argue with God. I didn't argue with myself. I just got on the phone and I dialed or I pushed in his name and his number and I called him. I said, Bishop, I got a word from the Lord. I knew if I hesitated that I would talk myself out of it. But I got on the phone and it was a very specific word. I couldn't have known it. And I gave it to him, and in the middle of it, he began to weep, and he began to speak in tongues. And after I was done, he said, Brother Hill, he said, I'm so glad you called. He said, I know it's from God. He said, because you're the second person that has told me that today. Thank you for confirming the Word of God in my life. Call me any time. I trust your Word. 
And that voice told me, that same voice told me to tell you that Jesus was still a healer. Let me tell you about my grandfather when he was hit by a freight train in East St. Louis. And the, 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 oh my. The train rolled right into him and rolled over his car. And he crushed, had every bone in his body crushed. The doctor said if we could cut the top of your head up, we could pour you out like a glass of water. Every bone from his neck down was crushed, mush. They put him in a body cast, Brother Fox, and they sent him home to die or to be an invalid. He had kids at home that he had to feed. He couldn't feed no more. He's sitting in his chair in a body cast. And he turns the radio on. And there's an old apostolic preacher preaching. And he's preaching on apostolic anointing and healing and salvation. And he began to feel the same power and the Holy Ghost that he felt when he was a little boy. He was thrown from a car that his mama was killed in. And he felt the Holy Ghost when he felt that day when he was four years old that God spared his life for a greater picture. He began to feel that power of God. He said, Mom, he said, I want you to get me in the car and I want you to get me to church right now. She said, I can't carry you. He said, I don't care what you got to do. He said, I want you to get me into the car because God is getting ready to heal my body. She took him. I don't know how she got him in the car. Maybe he had to call somebody. He went in that old tent revival and sit him down. And he couldn't clap his hands. He couldn't raise his hands. He couldn't do much of nothing. He could barely speak. But I'm telling you, when that man was finished in preaching, he called for an altar call and he talked about the blood of Jesus. And every bone in his body started popping. And he began to shake. And he said, Mom, get this body cast off of me. She said, You're crazy. He said, Get it off of me. She began to take layer by layer and unwind him and take it off. And he began to dance all over that place. God healed him and restored every bone in his body. Jesus Christ is a healer. My Aunt Brenda, she was five years old. I probably told this story before, but I don't care. God told me to tell it again. She was five years old. On our fifth birthday, she crawled underneath the porch and with the little, her little birthday candle. She found some matches. And I know some of you older folks will know what I'm talking about. I've seen them. I've seen some of the dresses. I've tried to describe it to my wife. She didn't know what it was. But you know what I'm talking about, the lacy-looking stuff, but it wasn't lace. It was what poor people had. It looked like wax. You know what I'm talking about. It was waxy. It looked like lace. And she had that on. And she crawled underneath in her little birthday dress on her fifth birthday. And she tried to light the candles. And there was some dry 
dried up grass under there and all of a sudden engulfed under that porch under a porch five years old it was on fire flames were shot and uh, shooting four and five feet above that deck on that porch brother fox and they had to pull her and rip the porch out to get her out and when they pulled her out her dress had melted to her and my grandfather said he held her body and you could see through her skin you could see her entrails She's screaming, bloody murder. And my grandfather, he was a praying man. God had already healed him. And he's praying all the way to the hospital. God, you're the healer. You're a healer, God. You took your stripes on your back. You said whatever we ask in your name and faith, believing that you would do it. In the name of Jesus. He took them to Barnes Hospital, one of the best hospitals in the United States. The doctor looked at her and they began to begin to shoot her morphine and, and all kinds of drugs when nothing was killing the pain. My grandfather was told by the doctor, he said, I want you to take her home. She's going to die. And at best, she'll, she'll be feed, fed through a tube. She'll be mental retarded. She'll never walk. She'll never have children. She'll never have a full-time job or work a job. She'll be worthless, basically. My Aunt Patsy, when she came in, it was her sister. She came into her bedroom, and she nailed in her bed, and she said, God, I promise you, if you heal my baby sister... She said, I'll never, ever walk away from you. She said, I'll serve you until the day that I die. And today, my Brenda is retired from the Bell Telephone Company. And she's got over a million dollar estate. And with four kids, God totally healed her. Let me tell you something. You've walked in here tonight. I don't know what you're going through. God is still a healer. God is still a deliverer. Completely healed. You probably say, how in the world can so much junk happen to one family? My father, when he was a little four-year-old boy, he came down with German measles and rubella. He, he, he got so sick, the doctor told my grandfather, he said, Mr. Hill, he said, your son is choking to death. It is too humid here. He said, you've got to get him to a drier climate. So my grandfather got rid of everything. He sold all kinds of stuff to pay for a trip that he was going. He piled seven kids, seven young kids in the back of a truck in, in, to find a place that my father could breathe. That my, the, the doctor said, Mr. Hill, if you see him crouching down and hovering towards the ground, it's because he can't breathe and he's struggling to breathe. Everywhere he went, my father could not breathe. They took him to Colorado. He couldn't breathe. They took him to Wyoming. He couldn't breathe. They took him to Kansas. He couldn't breathe. They took him to Arizona. He couldn't breathe. I don't know how many states they took him to. He couldn't breathe. And finally, my, fa- my, my dad said, I want to go home. And my grandpa looked at my grandma. They didn't know what to do. And my grandpa uttered these words. He said, honey, he said, if he's going to die, we're going to let him die happy, and we're going to let him die in his own bed. They got him back to East St. Louis. It's hotter in blue blazes in East St. Louis and humid. They got him home. 
that God no, no longer had him home. He was in the bathroom, and he was coughing so hard, he began to vomit in the sink. Grandpa said he began to vomit so hard that it looked like his veins were going to pop out in his head. And he vomited so hard, and the trunk fell out. In the, I'm not meaning to be gross, but this is exactly what happened. He, he, he choked so bad that a trunk come out in the sink. And my grandpa looked at it, and he thought he knew what it was. So he grabbed it up, put it in a Ziploc bag, and he took it to the hospital. They got there, and they said, Mr. Hill, Don has vomited up his own lung. I didn't know it was possible. If it's not possible, what happened? So they took the rest of it out completely. So he's got one lung, and of course I'm here today. Dad survived it. God, I'm going to tell you something, though. You can say whatever you want to. You can say, well, he, he just made it through by happenstance. It was, it was just maybe, maybe a, by luck. He was in a car accident. Hurt pretty bad. He went to the doctor. Or after he got, excuse me, he was in a car accident and got the Holy Ghost a couple days later. He was in severe pain. He got the Holy Ghost in St. Louis, Missouri. And, excuse me, a couple days later he went in for some more x-rays to check out his body. He was looking, the doctor was talking about his back and his bones and his ribs and his spine. My father said, what is those shadows in that x-ray doctor said well Don he said that's your lungs dad said no they're not doctor said yes they are he said you don't understand doc he said when I was such and such years old he said, they took my lung out because I had rubella, German measles. By the way, he went blind, completely blind, lost his sight. God restored that. He said, I have one lung. doctor said, no, you don't. You have two. Jesus is a healer. I could go on, and I could go on, and I could go on. But God is getting ready to heal somebody here tonight. I want you to stand. I can't heal you. Look around you. I don't care. Brother Eldar can't heal you. He can't, he can't heal you. Nobody can heal anybody in here. I'm nothing. I'm nobody. But Jesus Christ is a healer. And He is standing right here beside me right now. And I have a right. And I have the authority. Because Jesus Christ gave me the authority to lay hands on the sick. And they shout, Not possibly!
recover. So if you're sick in your body, and if you, or if you have a need, I want you to come up here. There is enough faith in here right now, in this place, to heal every disease on the face of the planet. I have a little too much treble in my voice, Brother Rick, if you can turn me down, that down just a little bit. But God is getting ready to heal in the name of Jesus Christ. Just, just slightly. In the name of Jesus. Right now, brother, I want you to help me pray. In the name of Jesus Christ. Time there is a there is a service where God is healing and God where God wants to heal. There is a spirit that creeps in that says just because you can't see it happening, that it's not happening. And that is not a cop-out for me to say. I'm not saying that for an excuse. And as soon as I begin to pray for Sister Kay, because the visualization of her, of her pain is visual. Some of y'all can't see your sickness. And the devil wants you to believe that just because you didn't see it happen right now, that it's not going to happen. That is a lie from the pit of hell. When you wake up from your pillow tomorrow, I want you to pick up your head, and the first thing that I want you to say is, By your stripes, I am healed. I am healed in the name of Jesus. 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 Let it be done in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 How many of you felt God touch your body? How many of you felt God touch your body? When you know God touched your body, I want you to do what Brother Robertson's been asking you to do. I want you to write it down and I want you to put it up in here. I want to tell you one more thing before I let you go. Brother Cecil Sullivan, he told the story about a man that was addicted to cigarettes. He had been prayed. He had been prayed by every pastor, every evangelist, every body that come through, that God would take that wanting of a cigarette away from him. Take it away. And everybody that prayed was frustrated because they'd call that pastor and they'd say, did such and such, he quit smoking, we're expecting him to. No, sir, he's still smoking. But by faith, we're, he's still smoking. We're, by faith, God's going to take it from him. Brother Sullivan went. Not that Brother Sullivan was... Was, was anything special. God spoke to him and he said, the reason why that I haven't healed him yet is because 
the people that have prayed for him hasn't prayed the right way. They had been praying that God would take the desire from him. And God spoke to Brother Sullivan. He said, I want you to pray for his mind, to break the chains from his mind, that he would be delivered from himself. Because he had pain in his past, and he used his cigarette for a crutch, or his sickness for a crutch, and he leaned on it, and he got up with it, and he was used to pulling it out of the, of the cigarette pack and putting it in his mouth, and it made him feel better. Brother Sullivan walked up and prayed for him. He put his hands around his mind. And he said, I rebuke the chains that have bound you for so long and I want you to break them away from him and he will no longer have to have this cigarette or this sickness for a crutch. And the man fell out and he walked out and he threw his cigarettes away and never smoked again. Sometimes we need just to convince ourselves that I'm not sick. I'm not going to deal with the same old junk and the same old pain that I have dealt with for so long. I said I was going to tell you that one thing, and I, God, I didn't lie. I'm just going to feel led. I remember that I had a tumor on my knee right here. It was so vis visible that you could see it through my pants. Matter of fact, people would say, What do you got? What is that on your. What is that? Look like a golf ball sticking out right here. It was so painful. I couldn't kneel to pray. When I prayed, I'd have to stretch my leg out, and I'd, or I'd have to sit, or I'd have to lay on my face or on my back. I could not kneel to pray. I couldn't get in the floor to pray with Ethan. It was when Ethan was a baby. Jacob wasn't born yet. And I remember, Brother Robertson, I stood right here. I said, I'm tired of not being able to kneel to pray. Brother Robertson laid hands on me. He said, I rebuke this tumor right now in Jesus' name. I went to the doctor before and they took it off. And they said, listen, if it comes back, we're going to have to do some major surgery on your knee. And it's going, it's, it's going to be big time. And it came back. They took it off. And it come back bigger than what it was. And I come up here and I said, Brother Robertson, it's so painful. I can't run. I can't sit. I can't kneel and pray. I can't pray with my or play with my child and brother Robertson said it's going to be gone right now in Jesus name I walked out of there two or three days later I didn't even think about it I forgot about it I think God probably healed it that night and I didn't even know it I was so used to living with the pain I, just, I didn't even know it was gone I was in the floor my son and I was playing with him and I thought well I'm not in the pain I, what in the world and I reached down to feel and it was completely gone God healed it why because I let it leave my mind if you would tell your sickness I'm ignoring you I don't have to deal with you because the blood of Jesus has already covered it let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise hallelujah Somebody turn around to your neighbor and shake their hand and say, Jesus is still a healer. Say, Jesus, he's a healer. Say, God's going to heal you. In Jesus' name, you're dismissed. Hallelujah.